this beautiful background. This is my my childhood bedroom. We're we're back in it now. The childhood bedroom. That's right. What, is it just how you left it? Like when you left the coop? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fortunately, as a as a high schooler, I was a bit of a nerd as far as like having my computer set up all squared away. So it's uh, it's primed for remote work. I've got a couple big displays, got an Ethernet cable routing from one side of the house to the other. So Zoom calls are nice and crispy. Yeah, a lot of forethought. Uh, young Taja was looking out for, for future Taj. So it's appreciated. Taj. That's right. Hey, Rashad. Hi, how are you? You're here. Good. Yeah, I'm here. But you're not it's at nice the shop. Yeah, also also at the childhood pad out in Childdale, Oregon. <laughs> yep. Everyone's home for the holidays. They are. T is upstairs and you're where? Uh, also upstairs in, in my mom's in my mom's room, spread out on top of the side. Everything actually in our home is upstairs because the the downstairs of our home mm-hmm. is Damien Dlugalecki strings. It's dedicated to uh, our dad's workshop uh, where he produces instrument strings. You're kidding. No. This is the family business. So he's ripping downstairs as we speak. Yeah. He's actually playing guitar right now. I don't know if you can hear, but actually maybe it's lute that he's playing. But yeah, oh. these days, these days he's a little bit more on that retired tip. So mm. they, they spend half the year in Mexico and then he spends spring and summer up here and, and he's still still making strings. Still got demand and he loves to remind us that. <laughs> Number one string maker in the world. Number one string maker in the world. Was he the one that plugged in? Why aren't you guys doing a show in Mexico City? No, no, <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we we've been spending time down there since we were kids. So mm-hmm. it's it it almost feels like a second home to us. Not Mexico City specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so fun that you were at that show. How how did you hear about it? Through another friend that I threw a zine fair with Hester Street Fair and commercial type with my studio, Dasar, over the summer. New friend and fan that came through the zine fair was in Mexico. And when I was there for the first time, I was in Puebla. And she told me to to come over to the opening. And I was like, okay. So fun. So fun. Yeah, we were really, I mean, I guess all of our shows are a little bit of an experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really, we were really curious to see, you know, where people would be coming from. We knew, I mean, there's a, a lot of, I feel like LA and New York in Mexico City and especially that this this time of year but yeah I I mean I think that's part of like having the group show where we have I think we have like 25 to 30 artists and Mm -hmm. they're all bringing in folks and a lot of local artists as well so um but it was it was really sweet to see like meet a lot of new people and and see everybody who came out for the show it was such a blast yeah it was (laughs) I'm surprised your parents didn't come through yeah they 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 were in uh I don't know where they were I guess they were they were also in Mexico still but oh wait no they're still here that's why uh, but they came out for they came out in May for my solo show in New York um but but they're they don't my dad doesn't like to travel as much these days and mm. although 
our mom's always down. She was she was at our first mom ballet is show. Always down. Um, she's she's that young young spirited energy and always wants to be wherever we're at. Um, and is always yeah the life of the party in a way. Um, but but yeah they they they're they're heading down to Mexico in a few days actually after Thanksgiving so um they're excited we love mom more than dad yeah Yeah. you know they both have they both have different different sides different Mm -hmm. different personality points um they're they're different but they also I know it's funny when you look back and kind of like at childhood and like the different things that we've learned um and you're like oh I, I can totally see like I think a lot of the business acumen that we've garnered and that has kind of felt like it came naturally to us was just due to like growing up with the business in the house. And even, you know, we, we sold like excess vegetables from our garden, you know, like when we were, I don't know, six and 10 in the neighborhood. And so just like very early days, um, you you know, making money, if you will, and like running a business a bit. Dad put it collecting. Yeah. Can collecting. We had lots of entrepreneurial endeavors as kids, mostly fueled by our desire for candy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were a strict no sugar household. So mm-hmm. if we wanted to uh, to acquire some of that sweet, sweet goodness, uh, we had to, to get a little scratch first so that we could go down to okay. the local thrift way and blow it on some Laffy Taffies and Kit Kats. Yeah. Start them yeah, Todd, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We both kind of had our own, when I think about it, we had like our joint business ventures selling vegetables. And then we had our own, um, like Todd, just, you did a lot of stuff like in tech world, wheeling and dealing on Craigslist. Selling Um, MacBooks. Early days. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. We've really done everything. (laughs) I want to shout out to Craigslist. You know, Um, we still love Craigslist, you know, marketplace, I mean, it depends what you're looking for. Yeah, I feel like Marketplace, you're in New York City, right? Right. I feel like Marketplace for like furniture and decor in New York City is like, is prime. But maybe, but tech maybe is not as good. Maybe that Craigslist is the spot. You still buy stuff from there. Todd. Oh, yeah, once in a while. I haven't made my way into the, the deep, deep waters of Facebook Marketplace. I've resisted the urge, but I'm told it's pretty good. It's good. It's good. I'm currently <laughs> selling a Noguchi table off of it as we speak. Yeah. See, it's just good, furniture. good stuff. Yeah. Still furniture. Furniture is great. We've, we've found stuff for the shows from there too. Just like needing like a nice. table or like a cool piece for, for the food installs. So yeah, it's great. I mean, LA also, you know, kind of, if you're willing to drive and pick it up, you can find some good stuff. And if you have the space for it. Is that where the childhood home is currently? No, we're in um, Troutdale, Oregon. So we're like 30 mm. minutes east of Portland. Gateway to the Oregon. Gorge. Yeah, it's it's yes. beautiful. It's very cold. We've gotten, both of us have gotten really soft living, spending a lot of time in LA with the sun because it doesn't exist here as much, but it is really beautiful and lush. You know, We so love Portland, nice. Oregon on this podcast. Oh, good. There we go. Yep. Have you had have some you other have... folks on? No. Oh, so <laughs> you we're, do now. we're the first. 
but we're like the the wish slash walmart version because we're located in troutdale oregon but yeah we're the budget we'll wrap <laughs> no you guys we have spend time in Portland. the nature is so the pacific northwest doesn't is still underrated i believe yeah i mean people who live here would agree with you our dad would fully agree with you he um he's he's a he's a character in fact we should just invite him on this pod because we've been talking <laughs> about him so much but he king. uh he's throughout yeah king throughout our lives he's made all these pretty out there predictions mm. and every time he's been pretty on the nose uh like the the one about Troutdale or just Oregon in general is he's like you know it's a great place to be as as climate change happens you know water is going to become the number one resource you know what we got we got a lot of water <laughs> it's true wise man i think that i think that part of why he moved out here too though is because he grew up in upstate new york mm-hmm. in utica and i think i mean the the few times utica also nothing to write home about but hopefully that doesn't offend anyone but there are there are some nice things the pizza's pretty good but the the nature is like really similar to i think what we have here and the climate a little bit as well so i think there's like part of he probably felt a little bit like part of home here and fishing like he really he loves to fish and he did that a lot growing up and there's a ton of rivers and and a lot of fishing that happens out here too so it's a fun sport He's just bopping. Not that I've ever really gotten into it. But. From upstate to upstate. Like, he just needs nature, you know? Yeah. Swimming He's holes. He's a nature man. Nature man. Yeah. Speaking of which, his latest fascination is birding, which <sighs> is, if it's any indication, you know, birding's about to pop off in the next couple of years <laughs> if it hasn't already. So consider investing in some binoculars mm. or some Nikon stock because... It's the next wave. Yeah, it, he knows. It truly is. Anything, we're currently going through a rock climbing bouldering phase in New York mm. City. Mm. We're going through a pottering phase. Everyone's, you know, hitting the- Everyone's a ceramist. Everyone's a clay maker, you know. Tech is done. So yeah. I'm sorry, T. Like, we're, <laughs> we're going to burden. You know, we got to- Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's so yeah, my I feel you maligned me by saying I I was in tech in high school. Oh, I feel very oh. maligned. Like well, it, this is this is the you, big make, you make me sound like I sold my startup in high school or oh, something. Yeah, no, something I wouldn't dorky be like that. No, I was flipping very MacBooks. Smart. Yeah, you were flipping MacBooks. Phones. Better than sneakers. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's true. <laughs>
Minutes for Shouting. This is Wear Many Hats presented by Desar. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. Rate and comment the Wear Many Hats show on Apple Podcasts and drop five stars on Spotify. WMH and Desar is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Maya Delugalecki and Taja Delugalecki are the founders and curators of Lobster Club. Lobster Club a gallery and residency program featuring a rotating roster of emerging artists in art-driven cities. The club's initiatives present immersive sensory experiences bridging the worlds of art, music, and food. I met Maya and Tajo at the Lobster Club group show, Mexico City edition. I was at the opening, had a great time, then came back the next day for the closing show to get a last-minute look at the artwork and meet the curators, IRL. Maya and Tajo are Polish-American curators, but when they're not curating, Maya is a painter and an art consultant, and Tajo runs 40th Street Studio, working at the intersection of art and commerce, and also takes beautiful photos. I love lobsters. This is the club for me. Please welcome <laughs> Maya and Tajo of Lobster Club to wear many hats. What's up? What up? Thanks for having us. Of course. And thanks for throwing Beautiful that. intro. Oh, thank you. I worked Nicely really done. hard. And did his research. Good work. <laughs> Man, it's been a long time in the coming. <laughs> yeah, we did bump it around a bit. <laughs> Apologies. Appreciate your patience. No, no, no. This is this is perfect because so I was doing the Wear Many Hats World Tour and currently still going. And we landed in Mexico City. We started in Puebla and then headed over to Mexico City. But I'm so glad that the first night I was there, it was at the Lobster Club opening. Oh, perfect. Did you, so you were there for the opening and then for the, you came by the day after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had, you had a, a little experience of both, both energies. Both energies. Yeah. Mexico City was really, you know, we did it during the day too, just because we kind of, our whole team is just like kind of a fan of of a day party and openings usually have that that feel to them and so it's just a really sweet way to bring together like energy and integrate the food installation did you did you shop around at the at the market did you take home some the fruits avocados the fruits the fruits yeah. and vegetables yes i <laughs> was going to say speaking of like building a community i see i loved going to that because i walked away with a little bundle of fruit which you never had like have that at a gallery opening but also yes the timing i want to talk about the the timing of it it was just like it opens at one like ends at six never done that yeah yeah it was a it was a test because usually we also do little siesta you know we'll do a little yeah we'll do like a more of an evening because you know openings usually like six to eight kind of window right um and we were like, oh, it's, you know, it's a little different in Mexico because, yeah, the siesta and, and you know, on a Sunday, too, or Saturday, like, it's just kind of nice to have something during the day. And the light, too, the light in that space um, is just gorgeous when the light comes in, and, like, hits the, the art at a different angle. Um, and so we were like, there's a few different things that we were thinking about um, when we were kind of deciding on those hours. But, yeah, the the market, you know, that's something that, I feel like Lobster Club in its conception was an experiment and even, you know, every iteration of it is kind of a continuation of that spirit. Mm -hmm. And 
the first show that we did in LA was um, we we had a, a large lobster club mold uh, made out of butter. And I think we had about 300 loaves from Clark Street um, in LA. And it was just a ton of bread. And we were like, at the end of the show, we were like, damn, what are we going to do with all this bread? So we just started handing out the bread to everybody at the show. And it turned into this like montage of everybody like carrying out because it was all different types of sourdough loaves. And so that kind of started this natural progression of you know, giving folks who who show up something to take home. And, you know, so we would get, we were getting photos throughout the week of people with like their sourdough, like their avo toast and kind of like enjoying that throughout the week, Mm -hmm. Um, which is great because it lends itself to like the sustainability element um, of no waste. And then also just something that you can hang on to um, after the show. And so every show since then, we've incorporated that, whether it's, you know, fruits and and taking kind of that home or, you know, even like little jars of honey. And it's, it's just something that is un- like unexpected and is, is like really in theory is like quite small, but it feels really nice to kind of have a little souvenir to take home afterwards, you know? Yeah. We even, um, one that comes to mind is the, the infamous grape tower from uh, Miami Basel last year. Maya met this guy on a uh, on a flight like a, a couple years ago they end up chatting the whole time on the our way to Kansas City most random place ever mm-hmm. finds out he's in the fruit world saves his contact and then a year later says hey we need uh, about 200 pounds of grapes uh, in Miami you you know a guy he goes oh I got just the guy my kid he's in the fruit world he's gonna get you plugged in. So Maya pulls up with 200 pounds of grapes uh, to the place we were doing the activation. And we ended up constructing this like 11 foot tall grape tower. Uh, We ate a lot of them, but 200 pounds of grapes, it's a lot to get through. So we had a lot left over. We passed them out to uh, all the wait staff, everyone who helped, but then we still had I don't know, another 50 pounds left. Yeah. Uh, And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And around that time it was, it was time to go to Max Deuce. Right. uh, For a little nightcap, uh, which is a little divey bar down on South beach. We had all these grapes, weren't sure what to do. So we threw them in a a massive uh, kitchen bowl, (laughs) called the Uber, showed up to Max Deuce. Somehow the the bouncer takes a look. Yeah. No questions asked. He gives us the double take and he goes, uh, fuck it. Right on in. That's amazing. Um, And then, yeah, it was good. They ended up on the pool table. The pool table. And so everybody was stoked. Everybody had like snacks, you know, Mm. it was like probably two in the morning. Um, but it was great. And it was just like gift the grapes that keep giving, you know, but that is kind of a thing for all of our, for all of our, our Shows. shows. Yeah. No, you're single-handedly bringing gluten back and uh, <laughs> the health and wellness aspects to the shows, it shows. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a really, it's a, I think, you know, there's so many different ways that you can mm. show work. And I think that, you know, it's really, I think the more you can play into our senses, mm-hmm. the, the richer the experience is. So when, you know, when you 
it's, it goes beyond just like a 2d painting on the wall like that's mm-hmm. kind of like the 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 bare bones the start of you know any show and then you know we're thinking about like how can we integrate smell and and food and even um allison jacks who is behind salute salute and does um does all of our our food installations one of our shows was you know there was like a, a tangerine element and just this idea of like when you when you're you use your hands to peel the orange the the elements within the peel activates your 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 body and like notifies it that you're about to start uh, digesting food um and so like just like little elements of that where it's you know visually you're stimulated you're enjoying food smell music um it just yeah it really enhances the experience um even though they're so short i mean the shows are like we always laugh about how it's literally like planning a wedding mm-hmm. and it's like two hours, three hours long, you know, and it just goes by so quick after, you know, all the planning that goes into it. Um, but there's, there's so fun. And, and we have that kind of buzz that kind of carries us on to the next show. Yeah. It's not like a whole like month residency. No, no, it's, it's short. Um but, you know, it's also, I think there's something really beautiful about that in the same way that, you know, flowers are ephemeral and, mm. you know, there's, it's like one night only. And if you're in town and, and you're there, you experience it. And, and if not, then you try to make the next one. And um, there's beauty and just like that, that limited nature of it, you know. And at J-O-H-S, that gallery Joe's- is, oh, just that space is crazy yeah their space is really it's i I remember the first time i don't know if i was there i think i was there for my my 30th birthday and Mm -hmm. we were staying in an airbnb nearby and there was a show up um and i was just like wow this space is unreal to to have like a space where you know you're you're living there you have residencies you have shows and i love I love the it really felt like the perfect the perfect place to have lobster club because we've we've done both we've done shows in you know more traditional kind of gallery spaces like LA and and Tribeca um but we've also done um a show in in Echo Park um during freeze week earlier this year in February um at Alex Tiwa's old um studio which is essentially kind of a similar idea where it it can feel like a gallery because it's it you know there's tall walls and and beautiful light but there's also living space and a kitchen um and you know i think many it's like the the point of art not the point of art but you know a lot of times when we're purchasing work it's like it's going into a space that we're living in and and it's bringing a new you know a new story into that and so i think being able to place it um in a place that really feels like lived in but is also elevated at the same time lends itself really nicely to showing work in general and so the joe space is kind of perfect for that too because you have the garden space you have the kitchen that's super central um you know and and so everything just kind of kind of plays off of itself really nicely really does and the the kitchen was nice too yeah the kitchen was i mean everything was like so so well appointed and it's it's fun too you know we i feel like when we go into these spaces that you know maybe we've done like a walkthrough or something but there's always 
there's always, you know, we're always, we're just pulling different things. We're like, oh, we can maybe use this for this. And like, I need this tool, but I couldn't find it, but I find something else that will work. Um, and again, it's just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, where everything is a little bit of an experiment. And I think our whole team is very, very agile and, you know, is, is comfortable around, you know, just like uncertainty in a way and, and being able to pivot as necessary because that's what, you know, day of and, and, you know, install often looks like is we're just like putting out little fires and the motto is kind of like, as long as like no one else can feel the the little fires that mm. we're putting out, you know, leading up or during the show, then we're doing a good job. I felt welcomed, you know, going into the kitchen. <laughs> I was like, can I, can I go back there? Yeah, it was, was it, nice. was it like roped off when you were, well, when you were there? I don't know about day one, but closing day. It was closing like, day. We opened it up. It yeah. was like everybody, come on Let's in. Let's go. Let's go. We make yourself a sandwich. To work. Yeah, make an That's avocado right. yeah. toast. Uh huh. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, it. I made one. Yeah, we had the coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so crazy how the simple things like that. It was just like bread, butter, toasting. It really takes it up to another level, though. Um. Yeah, and it was Toasting. just yeah, toast, avo. You know, a little bit of coffee. Um, those days are always nice too. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, make yourself at Casa. That's not <laughs> it though. But yeah. That's what I, if you're going to go, yeah, I'm just going to go back there and make yourself a little, yeah. little thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think part of it is, you know, we're always trying to, I don't know, like we're like, it's about connection for us and, that that's just as much a part of, you know, the way that we enter these weekends, you know, having an artist dinner where, um, you know, we invite the artists to come out. Mm -hmm. We don't usually, we usually don't do plus ones because, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a little like, you know, some people get a little bit of anxiety around that, but what really happens at the end is like, you're, you're, you're going to, put yourself out there a little bit more and you're going to meet. Cause it's like, you know, it's like 30 artists. Um, a lot of us know each other online. A lot of us are new this year, actually, because we had, I would say the, the roster was a mix of last year's mm-hmm. artists, new artists. And I was kind of joking that the energy is a little bit like, you know, fresh new incoming freshmen in high school. And then like the seniors in high school that are kind of like, Oh yeah. It's like your first lobster club, you know, done it before. <laughs> Um, but it's like, it's really, it's really sweet because, you know, everybody's always talking about how everyone is so sweet and so kind. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes the art world can feel, I mean, a a lot of times the art world can feel very Mm -hmm. like unapproachable and even sterile. And so I think, you know, we really enjoy the opportunity to make it, you know, warm it up a little bit, you know, welcome everyone. And, and also, and also at the same time, like, integrate you know build community within within artists and and in our worlds because you know i think many of us just we're, we're working in studio a lot and and it's so nice to be able to be in a room full of people who kind of understand the ins and outs of that of that world and what it's like to just you know to to work alone a lot of the time mm-hmm. you know um and so 
just like anyone else, we crave community and, and connectedness. And so having that time set aside and intentionally for the artist to, to me is really nice going into the, the show because then everybody's, you know, all, oftentimes like when I've been in a group show, everybody shows up kind of is in their own, you know, brings their own little group. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, the, in, in our shows, it's a little bit more, um, you know, everybody kind of feels, it feels like a little, you know, dysfunctional artist family, you know, everybody totally. has their own kind of like quirky personality, you know, everyone's really talented um, and kind and it's, it's a really nice experience. I didn't expect to know someone in the show either my my la friends know lobster club but i've never heard of it before but then when i went to the show i saw Demet, old friend of mine he was in the show i was like no way the world is getting smaller for sure it does kind of it does kind of start to feel like that a little bit we i mean and I, i think that's part of what's nice too is just being able to bridge that gap because obviously a lot of us, we all, you know, regardless of what world we're in, have a lot of online friends um, within the community. And so, you know, being able to like see someone's work in person is so different after seeing photos of it online, you mm-hmm. know, um, even for me when I'm, you know, when I'm planning kind of the layout of a show, there's only so much that I can rely on those, the photos that the artists send in because every time, you know, some of the, some of the colors are a little different seeing it at scale is different. Um, so, you know, when, when we're doing a show that's essentially being installed the day of, you know, it's a lot of kind of like, okay, we've got to unpack everything. It's, it's a lot of moving parts um, all at once, but somehow it always, it always works out and the, the work works really well together. And hopefully that keeps being the case. I like that you mentioned about like the colors and because you're an artist and you you get it, Taj, do you ever see? Do you ever make the same thing? So you know, if it's not already clear here, Maya's Maya's really the visionary here behind uh, Lobster Club. She is the the big dreamer, pie in the sky. Um, uh-huh. She's the one doing most of the curation. I would say almost all of the curation. You know, occasionally she'll tap me for some feedback, but really, it's my role to come in and and wrangle these big dreams of Maya's into something a little bit more manageable. And I don't always succeed. Uh, So we end up doing some pretty audacious things Uh when I'm not able to to wrangle those things as much as I might like. And so we end up at this middle ground typically, um, which is probably where it should be between Maya's uh, big dreams and, you know, my, um, more grounded nature, if you will, less is more. Um, and uh, yeah, what I always say is, and I think Maya would agree, which is, uh, you know, we can do anything, but we can't do everything. Right. And so that's really, I would say, of the this last year, our first year, um, running this really is is probably one of our biggest lessons which is uh you know good is the enemy of great and Mm -hmm. going into this next year we're really going to be choosy about what opportunities we pick and and where we place our efforts because this last year we didn't cut any corners and we really exhausted ourselves no uh 
but it was it was worth it. It was good. Um, Maya, what do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that you know, I always, I always, I'm definitely. I think we're both a little bit perfectionist in different ways. Um, I think this like saying that like anybody who like if you're a founder, you know, you're a little bit, you have to be a li- not delusional sounds like the wrong word to use, but I think there has to be a little bit of this element that you're attempting something that like most people wouldn't attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you believe in yourself, you will find a way to make it happen. And so I think, you know, for me, there's, I've, I've always kind of, I've never been afraid to jump, you know, there's, I, I think early on, I, you know, based on just entrepreneurial stuff that we, we did from an early age, um, I was always kind of like, you know, we'll just, let's just try it. Let's go for it. And I think Taj and I are really, you know, we're a good balance of like he's saying, especially cause like his background, you know, is very much within like marketing and growth and, but like him as a person is very, like, he's very practical. He's very regimented like the most like regimented person I know, mm. like it's very impressive, honestly, at, at his age. And he's been like this forever. Um, and so it's, you know, it's really good to have those, like that balance of, you know, a little bit more of a dreamer and then somebody that's a little bit more practical. Mm-hmm. And I think the rest of our team is like that too. Like Allison is um, also, you know, we're both kind of in that dreamer, like mm-hmm. go big or go home. And then, Steph, who does our, you know, creative ops is a lot more like, okay, like budgets, you know, that's like, what's the budget, you know, kind of like keeping that in mind. And I think that's the only way to really do it. Because if you go too far one way, um, you don't have that balance the same way. No. But yeah, I mean, I think all in all for doing this, you know, one year at this point, um, we've learned we've learned a lot and we've had a lot of growth and I'm really proud of the, like the culture and the community that we've built around this. And I'm really excited to see where we take it. And it's, and it's fun to feel like there's not really, you know, a limit and there aren't really any rules necessarily that we have to abide by because we started out from a very, um, you know, un what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not it's not something that people it's not a common thing in the gallery world you know like unconventional definitely not. unconventional um like the first the first show that we did in in um la was um you know the 100 percent of the 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 sales went back to the artist so we didn't take a cut and that was you know definitely an experiment and a little bit of like really wanting to to start off on the right foot with artists because at the end of the day that's you know as an artist myself and knowing what it's like to work with galleries yeah um and the importance of just building building trust with with artists from like from a gallery perspective and i think that we succeeded in that by you know starting out there and then you know slowly building and working at like percentages that feel very fair to the artists and also help us cover our costs. That's great. Yeah. You, you never hear that for sure. Yeah, no, no, people don't don't do that. (laughs) But, you know, again, it's like it, it, I think that going into it, I was coming from a perspective of, 
you know, not having really done events, not, you know, obviously I don't have a background of working at a gallery or anything like that, Mm -hmm. only working with them. And so, you know, producing these shows, I also, I'm like, okay, I, I understand why, you know, it is, it is a big lift for galleries to pay for rent, especially when they are paying, you know, for a full month, you know, whereas we're, we're renting out for like a day or a weekend and that's still an expense, you know? And then you consider like shipping and and framing and and the team. And, you know, when we're, you're adding onto like food installations and music and security, it's like, it all, you know, it all adds up. And so again, it's been like this kind of thing of learning what both sides, you know, what makes sense and what we really need to find a balance within, within both worlds while still delivering something that really feels like it's about the artists at the end of the day and something that they feel good about. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you two both have an interest in art together. I feel like siblings are doing the opposite of what they like to do. Maybe (laughs) I'm just projecting because my siblings don't do the same thing as me or have the same interests. So I love that you guys work together on this. Our minds are are quite different, but then there's enough overlap that it it somehow works like there's this theory i heard uh around how siblings can be so different Mm -hmm. uh, even if they're twins and it's that the the first sibling they they find their niche Mm -hmm. right uh maybe it's music for maya it was music maya's been playing the violin since she was six years old string Uh, four four years old I mean, I don't Sorry, play anymore, but... <laughs> Okay, there you go. Since she was four. So strings were off the table from the jump, and that's very fortunate because mm-hmm. uh, I've been told on multiple occasions I'm tone deaf. So I had to find a different lane because that, that artsy one was already occupied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mine was, okay, academics. I'm going to go super hard on academics and that worked with my logical left brain. Uh, And then I think slowly over time, our interests have converged after diverging at youth as our relationship uh, improved once Maya went off to college. And then it really took the next step. Once I went away to university, Um, I think we we were able to find middle ground there uh, and also, I, I think our parents had an impact on that. You know, our dad being the string maker, really mm-hmm. valuing the the craftsmanship that goes into this. Our mom, uh, before she came to the States, she uh, got her master's in landscape architecture in Poland. And so it's been woven into our uh, DNA to a degree and cool to see how it manifests. Totally. Yeah. Have you guys ever had the same dreams or thoughts? Whoa. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, <laughs> but you know, what's funny. Sometimes people say, sometimes people like a few times people have asked if we're like twins or mm. which I don't see at all. Like, like in terms of aesthetics, I don't think we look alike. And I don't think that our personalities are similar either. I think maybe what it is is our mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And we both have pretty like, our demeanors are pretty similar, pretty like even keel, but, but yeah, we are very, we're, we're really different. And we didn't, I don't know. We didn't used to be, we got a lot closer. I think once you were, I guess in college, right. Would you say? Yeah. Trip to Berlin. Ooh. 
late night. What changed? Perhaps, perhaps some drugs are involved. Ooh, and I a, like that. A construction <laughs> site with a crane. Near yeah, death was, uh, experiences. Near death experience. <laughs> no, genuinely, this was such a stupid thing. That. No, because yeah, I, I was fun. gonna ask, but I thought that would have been silly. But that's it. Just brought you guys closer. Yeah, without we just, a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think you know. Also, it's like when you our our family was is so you know our like our mom's side of the family is all in Poland or like around Europe. Our dad, bit of a black sheep, kind of left his family on the East Coast when they came out here. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been the four of us. And, you know, I mean, regardless of, you know, how close you are with your siblings, like you, that is something that like you grew up for the most part, you know, with, with your parents and at least we did. And so nobody really understands them the same way that you do, even though, you know, what I find interesting is that different siblings can have, you know, different experiences, different traumas based on like their, when they were born, their order of their born, how old mm-hmm. their parents are when they, all that. But I think all of that played into it too. And, you know, we've always just, we've always just kind of like, re- I don't know if we're like relied on each other, but like definitely kind of have that day one ride or die as especially as adults and you know I always was like oh it'd be so cool if we had a business together like you know just continue with the family tradition and um because we all we all helped out you know helped our dad when we were growing up that was kind of our both of our first jobs um and so you know when I was in college I would come back on the weekends and help my dad and Tadjo would varnish strings you know um and so we kind of, and you know every anybody who has a family business will tell you it's you know no walk in the park you know there's it's there's great things but it, and and I feel like our team as well this kind of transfers to that because our team is all people that you know like Allison, you've known for ages from Portland days, Steph, you know, we grew up, she literally grew up on the same street as we did a couple of houses down. I've known her since I was two. So it, it feels like we're working with family in that context as well. And what happens is like everybody just cares so much. And so they, you know, the things are like a little more heightened. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think because people really they care more about just like the bottom line, like they, everybody genuinely cares about the success and happiness of everybody else on the team. And I think that reflects, you know, like how people feel when they come to the shows is like a reflection of how hard everybody works and how much everybody cares and wants, genuinely wants everybody who comes to have a great experience, you know? I like that you guys are doing this together. The team, it's a team effort for sure. Our mom likes it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's very proud did they did they think that you guys were gonna get in the business together because people don't really think about that it's usually wait like are you gonna get a truck and it says like your last name and sons and daughters you know like it's like you guys are contractors or something about to like (laughs) maybe one day yeah well what's what's funny is in high school no one would have expected Maya to be the this like whiz kid founder, mm-hmm. like executing on her dreams. Not even um, me. Not even Maya. Maya Definitely not even. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so 
you know, Padre was Maya. Padre I was, was supposed to be the one crushing lane. it, and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, hats off to Maya. She's really surprised everyone here, and uh, is the the leading force behind Lobster Club. So, when you ask if our parents envisioned us working together, and as Maya being the the hard charging founder. I think they would be a little surprised, but uh, not not so much that we're working together. Yeah, I think they probably always kind of, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think also they, them and then everybody else in our life is always very, uh, expresses how special it is that Taju and I are this close. Um, because I think like they didn't, our parents didn't have this kind of relationship with their siblings and Honestly, I don't really, I don't really know exactly why it happened the way it did. Like, I really couldn't tell you. I think it just kind of, we got really lucky, honestly. And, and our lives just kind of lined up in a way that that works. And, you know, we enjoy like living in, Mm -hmm. you know, similar spaces and, and, and we have similar interests, similar cities. Cause I want to know how you both landed in LA. And you oh. guys don't live together, right? Not right. Well, I guess actually right now we're living <laughs> together at our parents' place. But we, so it, it's it's a it's a bit of a long-winded answer. But no, go off. So we kind of, so Tajo started spending time in SoCal because he studied at USD. So he really got four years of sunshine and was like, I want to live here. And ended up, he ended up moving down March 7th of 2020. I moved, I like helped him move his stuff down from Oregon and I was dating someone down there at the time. And so, you know, March 15th came around and everything shut down. I was like, well, I'm definitely not going back to Portland when I could just live at the beach <laughs> and this whole thing can kind of just blow over in a couple of weeks. But that was really that, you know, Taja moved down for a job. I ended up accidentally moving to LA and I think it really you know, for both of us opened up our worlds in a lot of ways. Like I spent, I traveled a lot growing up, but I spent a lot of my time in Portland, um, which was great, especially like in terms of creativity in Mm -hmm. that community, but spending more time in LA and then New York, just really, there's, you know, you just, there's just so much more out there. And it, it, I think that actually kind of set the tone and the, and the space to have kind of these you know, dreams of doing something like Lobster Club and feeling like there's there's a community for it and and support behind it. And um, yeah, so that was kind of how I ended up, how we ended up in LA. And now we kind of split our time. I'm dating someone in New York, so I'm spending a lot more time there. And it also makes, it makes a lot of sense, I think, for us. Like mo- many of my collectors are in, in New York and LA, so kind of splitting time between the two places, which I feel like anybody who lives in one is kind of like going back and forth a little bit. Um, and same, same for Taj. I think that like, I mean, I don't know. What would you say? Yeah. I, you asked, he has a different we, answer. That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you no. asked, do we live together? And what I say is Maya and I, we work together, we travel together, and sometimes we live together. Mm-hmm. So it depends yeah. on the city. Like much this, more concise. This last summer, I... the last two summers we've been in Paris, sublet the same apartment from some friends. It was great to come back. 
to the same place. It's like mm -hmm. you, you have your neighborhood, you've got your coffee shop. I'll probably do the same thing again this upcoming summer. Um, so there we're living together in New York. We tried living together this last round in New York and it didn't really align. Um, Dude, but yeah, so many siblings live in New York. It's kind of insane. Really? Yeah, it's like tap us in, get us involved. No, there's just like so. I know so many. Maybe not together, together though. Together. Yeah. No. <laughs> really, that live together? Yeah, it's it's oh. like a thing. I don't know how. Oh. And then, maybe that's why there's no sublets because all the two bedrooms are taken <laughs> up by other siblings. But you're right about the LA thing. Like accidentally moving to LA, there's no one that's like, I want to. Come on. No. <laughs> yeah. I was the only one. Maya only did not want to. I was, I was very, trying very to convince man. Maya. It took a global pandemic mm -hmm. to, to get her down to LA. And yeah, man, am I grateful. True. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's, there's no city like, like New York city. It's the capital of the world. It always will be. But I think growing up in Oregon, I, like I was born into this place of like very calm and nature and, and a little bit slower pace. And I think it's really nice to have that balance of, you know, going back and forth between New York and LA where, you know, you have, you know, kind of the best of both worlds. It's really unfortunate that they're on literally opposite ends of the country. Um, but I do, I love, I love them for different reasons. Totally. Popular opinion. Totally. <laughs> Tried to live in New York, but you guys still still live in Los Angeles. I, you know, L.A., it's not getting a bad rep. I spread the good word on this podcast about Los Angeles. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like any city. I think that those, those two cities can be, you know, like everybody's got an opinion about it. One mm -hmm. thing I will say, Japan, Tokyo, it's like the. The one place where everybody loves it. There's no, there's no like, every, everybody just loves it. We I went there for the first time in April for Tajo's birthday, and my man it was loves just, the party. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was so great. And everybody I spoke to was like, "Oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it." Like right. regardless of what you're into, if you're like old, if you're young. It's just amazing that there's a place where there's really something for everybody, you know? So, you know, you've hit Mexico City, Los Angeles, New York City. Where else would you want Lobster Club to go? So maybe it sounds like Tokyo's next. I think I think for now, I mean, Pajo, you you want to speak to this? Uh no, no, I'll let you take it away. <laughs> um, I want to eat my words. <laughs> No, I think I think we've kind of established that, you know, L.A. and New York City are the those two cities that we really want to um, spend more time in. And right. I think that that aligns really well with with Lobster Club and our collectors. Um, and, you know, it, it, although it's interesting, we, we at our New York show, we had the work sold to collectors in, in Dubai and Switzerland, like very you know, seemingly random places outside of outside of the city. Um, but, you know, I think it'd be I mean, it'd be cool to do a show in London if we were to do something in Europe. Um, I think that's the obvious choice, given the art scene out there. Uh, but I think for now, we're just we you know, we really we want to 
continue to be intentional and like really take our time with next steps. And as things grow and build, like, I think, you know, when I started this with Todd, it was kind of like, you know, what we have, I think this is such a like great idea. We have to like do it, do all the cities, you know, bam, bam, bam. And now we're just kind of, I think taking a little bit of like a, like a breath and like a step back and kind of, you know, wanting to just be, like I said, really intentional with um, where we are and and where we spend our time. And yeah, I think, I think New York and LA um, make a lot of sense for us right now. Uh, But the future, you know, who knows? You never know. Yeah. You really never know. Paris. I mean, no one's going to know this until I say that I just started rewatching Emily in Paris and I was like, you know, (laughs) is it good? I've actually never watched it. No, I can see why people love it. Though. Really? Why why do you think people love it? No, I think I I think when things are so bad, like when shows are so bad, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Anything. You just like relate. stare at something for so long. You're like, this is actually really bad, but like I love it. I'm unfortunately more into like the the love, the love shows, like the trash TV love shows. Right. Those you know the bachelor franchise you know love is blind i don't know it's just it's so i think i i think i really love watching how humans interact and i think it's it's just like fascinating and it it amazes me that people sign up for that and are down Mm -hmm. for everybody to to see it but as long as they're down i'm gonna keep watching it because it's it's interesting you know but i haven't seen emily in paris so you think i should add it to my watch list no, <laughs> um, I, I went I went out to brunch the other day and I brought I like brought it up and then I wouldn't that no none of my friends would let it down and they were like because Rashad's like watching it I'm like that was a one single mention we don't have to mention <laughs> it again <laughs> but I could see oh, a lobster man. club in Paris for sure yeah yeah well, I think we. We did do uh, an activation this last summer, actually, in mm-hmm. Paris. And to your, just to land the plane on the Tokyo bit, um, Maya hasn't mentioned this yet, but uh, one arm of Lobster Club is the artist residency that we host each year. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our development arm where we, we help nurture artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, just prior to the Mexico City show, we had wrapped our second annual one up um, in Tepoztlan, which is like 90 minutes outside of Mexico City. Spiritual, shroomy, magical place. Um, we, we had this artist, Michael McGregor, um, out there who's an absolute hoot. But relating it back to Tokyo, we were thinking about where we would want to host the next one. And mm-hmm. to- not Tokyo, but Japan in general was was one we were considering um might not do it for this next year but the year after potentially yeah, so in the stay cards. tuned in other words yeah um you seem like the spiritual one in the family definitely you know uh <laughs> it hasn't always been that way but i had one very impactful professor i encountered in college which i would i, I credit him for making my college degree worth anything. You know, this this one Buddhist studies uh, class I took. Um, I'll do it. Shout out Joel Gruber, 
yeah new gods uh, <laughs> new gods exactly that's uh <laughs> discovering new gods or something anyways yes so has historically been much more the uh libra whatever um star sign type situation i'm i'm entertaining it a little bit more than i used to i i i you know i was going to I was going to ramp it up earlier about, you know, you two going the business and that entrepreneurial spirit. Usually people just base it on their astrology, like astrology <laughs> signs being like, should I start a business? And then the star <laughs> says, no, you're like, okay, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in Taurus, my Taurus, Taurus energy. Taurus and Aries. Aries. Ooh. I'm Aries rising, so you know we have that in, in in common. But yeah, we've never really taken that into consideration with the business. Surprisingly, even with the LA influence, it has not come up. Surprising. Even with the LA influence, if I landed in LA, I go to LA every year, a couple times a year, for over a decade, and I have found myself in LA and. Even though I'm East Coast based and I've always lived on the East Coast, people think I live in Los Angeles because I bring back the good word and I sound like a hoot. <laughs> That's fun. Where do you where do you stay when you're in LA? Do you have a favorite neighborhood? My so currently I stay in Mid City with friend and guest of the show, Kate Wallach of Dance Church. But then I also stay oh. over on the east side. Um, That's so funny. I don't know her personally, but Dance Church, uh, Alice Allison, who um, does our spreads, the Salute Salute, um, she used to work with them. I think they went to college together, actually, at, at um, in Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah, she's from yeah. Seattle. Yeah. yeah, she's a good friend of mine. Yeah, that's so funny. Small world, again. I like staying at her place and, like, everything around. But, you know, I'm, on, I'm an East Side girly, so... Echo Park, yeah. Highland Park. There we go. No, that's where it's at. Silver Lake. Yeah, see me hitting the air one. Like I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm always juicing. I'm always that was smoothie. Rashad, when I became a member, I was like, this is the most LA thing that I've ever done in my life. But you know, they're hot bar. You just, you really can't beat it. The juices, they, they know how to draw you in. You know, I paid $35 for a chicken, uh, combo chicken last week, and it was horrific. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, that, there's got to be good? a cap on how much you can charge for a combo chicken, <laughs> and $35 is way above that cap. Yeah. Like, if it was salmon, you know, but chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could buy five rotisserie chickens for that. No, sorry, seven from Costco. <laughs> <laughs> we're so a costco guys, family oh okay family. i was gonna say you guys are a costco family yeah and you guys eat everything yeah that's right yeah. no we no do. diets no diets that i know of no no restrictions that's good so you eat everything out there mm-hmm. that's good that's good i also have to address the um the form hoodie that you're wearing <laughs> i was like i i see it now yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's some berry stains below from the uh, the blueberry Our mom's been baking. that we got into. Yeah, holidays brings out the baking, and, and Mama, she is really good at it. I was like, you could open up a bakery, and she's like, absolutely not. But 
it's always nice to come home for the holidays and and have our parents always cook though like growing up we you know they we had the garden they were always that was I think that was a nice thing too is like because our dad was home we would always mm-hmm. have like there was a lot of family meals that we had together um and just yeah like cooking and spending time in the kitchen right which is really nice and it's nice to like have a little bit of a taste of that you know when you come home home is where i don't know pacific northwest (laughs) honestly (laughs) live laugh love (laughs) all you need is a coffee and a dog yeah type print i like that after i'm done with cities i'm i mean i grew up in the suburbs after i'm done with cities i'm going back to a farm i'm doing the whole farm thing upstate's calling my name type situation upstate but the lyme disease man i don't know i feel like oregon's got that's uh, this is true i don't have i got upside down hair though (laughs) that's what we call the beard Uh, I don't know, man. The Maya has a little line scare story, so I yeah. I'm frightful. Wow. Um, yeah, I was in I was in the Hamptons last this summer, and uh, I was like checking myself, you know, the whole thing, right. and then I went back to LA and like woke up the next day i'm like in the shower and i like noticed this like brown thing on my skin i was like mm. it's just like a mole that like grew overnight mm. i mean it's kind of gross and then i like i like realized what it was i'm like obviously freaked out and so literally this thing like must have like it like hitched a ride with me back to la like and somehow like from probably- paris yeah 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 no exactly so I was, I was a little, but what's cool is that you can send that stuff in and get it tested and see if, you know, you're at risk for anything. And it happened to be like, there, it was like a type of tick that like doesn't carry any diseases. So I was like, lucky me, Damn. but that was scary. Yeah. So that, that has scared you away. We just didn't grow up with that here, right. you know, like there's just, it's just not anything that you have to be aware of. So the idea of like having to like check, I think is a little bit, just feels a little daunting and, mm. and like, you know, I don't know. It's just more so. Yeah. I, I don't mean to slander upstate, but having grown <laughs> up in Oregon, uh, my friend, he got a place in upstate and he was, talking it up so much he's like you gotta come visit it's so great it's so Uh bucolic is what he called it and so i I finally went out there uh drove out the three hours to his place and it was great but it was just like walmart oregon Mm. i thought uh in that okay got muggy as hell there's lyme disease and then everything else looks the same as oregon so i'm fully biased here and I'm probably gonna piss off some people who love upstate, but um, you know when I, when I want the upstate vibes, I'll, I'll come out to Oregon, experience it, fans Lyme disease, uh, and say what up to the parentals while I'm out here. I understand. There you go. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I've I've read the Lyme disease stories, and you know, people doing people doing some some wild things to cure themselves of Lyme disease too. So, okay. Okay. 
we can we can pause on the upstate for now <laughs> so, well hats off to you for everything that lobster club does for some desire wear many hat solutions all right so have you guys ever had a performance artist at lobster club we have had a performance mm-hmm. um we had caroline denenfraud who's a swiss painter who's based in paris she's lived there the last 20 years we uh, did a solo show with her in June in Tribeca, and she was also in the the show, the group show that we did, which was the following weekend. Mm. Um, and so she did a um, a performance piece um, with her with a dance partner who's mm. also um, based in Paris. Um, and so her her background is actually in dance. So she had uh, an accident and basically started painting um, after the accident because she couldn't go back to dancing um, for some time. And then, um, so the, the, the performance is essentially, it's the third time that she's done it. So it's a very, you know, rare occurrence that it happened, but essentially there's, um, there's a large canvas and it's a, a dance between her and Adria and um it's an hour long um the background is the sound soundscapes of New York City actually so um when they did it at the show it was the third time that they had done it and the first two was in Paris it was kind of cool that the third time was actually in the city um with those soundscapes and it was a really you know sweet intimate you know small I think there was probably like maybe 50 people in attendance and just kind of like around the canvas um and so I I personally would love to do more pieces like that and and because I think if there's just when you when you watch somebody move and and move their body and there's music and it's just an entirely different art form than than seeing you know the finished canvas on the wall and so I think I think we'd really like to do more of that in in the new year and and moving forward because it's just another it's like another element that I personally find very interesting and, right. and really enjoy um and and it also ties into the you know the ephemeral nature of the shows of just experiencing you know this performance that's happening once it's not being recorded or shared um and you don't know if it's going to happen again you know so i i really love that element of it as well you're right you you don't know when it's going to happen again yeah or if it will you know like people change all the time and decide they want to do something different and um it feels like a you know an honor to get to experience that as just somebody in the audience too right like how i felt when i was at (laughs) The Mexico City edition. So good. It's like everyone back yeah. home, you're missing out. Not getting fruits from the market. No, no. And that was my first time in Mexico City. And everyone's been going for like years. I, I, I see. I get it now. I it's get a pretty it pretty incredible city. Yeah. And yeah, the, the energy, the food, the people. Yeah, it was um it felt we felt very lucky to to be able to to bring work down there and and show, you know, really be able to kind of integrate artists that we've worked with as well mm-hmm. as artists that are based in Mexico City into, you know, into one space. Well, Maya and Tajo, where is a place you two like to go to hang your hat? 
whether it be for curating the next show, um, getting your ideas together, together. It, it could be separate. Um, doesn't have to be in the same house. <laughs> well, guess what? It is. <laughs> yeah, we actually... Yeah, I think that our answer is probably... I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like my mom, whenever... You know, because I went to school at Portland State, and mm. so I would always, you know, I would come home on the weekends, and my mom was always like, you know, when you come home, it's like you're recharging your battery. Right. And I think maybe now it's a little bit of, like, our parents' place in Mexico or our place here. I think there's something about, like, I was telling my friend the other night as I was going to bed, I was like, there's something that's so sweet about, you know, going home for the holidays to a home that, like, we grew up in that um you know i have my my room is still the same way that i left it the last time i was here it's not like a guest room that like is a reminder of you know that i don't live here anymore and just falling asleep hearing like all the noises of like parents and you know roaming around the house and like snores, up, snores. <laughs> oh, <my> dad. <laughs> you know waking up having like a fresh pot of coffee for us to like enjoy and kind of like everybody settles into their routines mm -hmm there's something that's so calming about that. And, you know, also, you know, we're, we are all getting older. So like just relishing in those times that while we have them, I think is that's, yeah, I feel like home is kind of home, you know, cheesy, but like where, where your family is, like, I feel like that's part of, you know, if, if Tajo wasn't in tow in all mm -hmm. these different cities, um, I don't think I would do it. Like, I think there's something about, you know, having Tajo, that feels also very much like home and is very grounding for me. Um, so yeah, I guess wherever Tajo is, wherever my parents are, you know, Aww, family, we like that. Family is, you know, where I hang my hat. We love wholesome on this podcast. Yeah. The, uh, the only addition I would add to that is, uh, sauna. Maya and I both ride for saunas so much so that we have these uh, things called sauna blankets from Higher Shout Dose. Shout out Higher Dose. Shout out Higher Dose. Not affiliated, <laughs> though we Sponsor would love to be. Yeah. We would love pod. an extra one for the Chowdo house. Yes, we do have two. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, okay, essentially. Guys. All just right, so guys. Quick <laughs> yeah, this what this is is it's a sleeping bag that's heated, like a a, a heated blanket that's uh -huh. a sleeping bag. You slide into this, fully clothed, and you just sweat for a good hour while you distract yourself with a Netflix show. Um, I'm in. So my and I. <laughs> it's it's a very um, divisive uh, device. Uh, some people are absolutely repulsed by it, <laughs> while others they they see the value in a good sweat. So, yeah, when uh, when I have access to that or access to a proper sauna, um, which I do uh, at the moment, so very exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, great answer though, Maya. Piggybacking on that. You weren't expecting that, huh? No. That was just off top. I was like, I'm looking off right top. at it. I think to, to one last touch on that, uh, part of the appeal 
for others with Lobster Club, I think is Maya and I, we bring this family element to mm. any of our interactions. So even if it's not a Lobster Club event or whatever, if it just the two of us hanging out with a friend or a group of friends, uh, we've been told, it, you know, there's this family intimacy that is felt. Um, and so yeah. I think that and it's different that than touches like... everything we do. Yeah, I I think so. T- I agree with that because it's different than like being a third wheel with, you know, like a couple, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you feel like you're a part of like the sibling kind of network a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. No one no one likes like you're a part thing. of it right now. Rashad. Like, I'm third. I'm third wheeling right now. You're, you know, the th- you're the third Luke you know, for this hour. Usually, usually I don't do <laughs> Uh, a podcast of three no i do i do but yeah i no one likes the third wheel but like to be honest with you sometimes sometimes i can get down oh nice yeah at a restaurant where like if we went to horses or something and you guys started arguing i'm just gonna go on my phone real quick (laughs) like this is a little little social media break yes exactly speaking of social media do you guys like do you guys have like a limit? I mean, I feel like these days people are just really mm, Do we have a limit? Oh, for sure people are addicted. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're I'm included in that. I think mm-hmm. you know, I think when you have a business, it's like this double-edged sword where I have friends who don't and they do really long breaks and mm-hmm. and take time off of it, but it's harder to do that when you feel like there is this, you know, monetary business exchange with sharing you know your life or your work on right. social media you know Taja takes beautiful film photos and when I look at them Gorgeous. I'm like dude these are great so I'm just like hooked and I feel like <laughs> when I take photos and I post them I love posting them so you know people can just like get in there I kind of hate posting them I'm so so I'm really fortunate in that Maya is uh, you know, good with the social media and mm. it's just part of her life because she handles all of Lobster Club's social media presence. Occasionally will ask me, you know, oh, which one should we lead with? Yada, yada. But um, I don't know. Uh, it it doesn't work that well for me. What, what I've found does work is just scheduling the posts mm. so I don't have to think about it. But Instagram has this annoying cap where you can only schedule like a week out. Um, but yeah, I'm very fortunate to have Maya um, as a, a co-conspirator who can carry the team and and be the one to to check her phone first thing in the morning when she wakes and last minute just before going to bed because I have strict rules around that. So it's, it's team effort, baby. Yeah, it is. It is a team effort. Well. Maya and Tajo, if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? I'm going to go first. I feel like mine is kind of cheesy and also some people would disagree with it. But I think um, like everything happens for a reason. I don't know. It's just something that like my best friend and I've said since we were kids. And I think there's some things that like you can't justify like that happens for a reason. Like some things are just horrific and shouldn't happen. But I think in in the scheme of like 
you know, kind of like when you, when you're looking at like something happens, you're like, Oh, I didn't want that to happen. And then it ends up happening. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a year later you're like, Oh, like this, this all makes sense. Like, you know, I think that in that sense, it's, it's really this idea of like, maybe the quote is more so like trust, trust the universe, trust the process. Um, because I think everything, if you look at the world in the sense that like everything is conspiring to, to help you get to where you're meant to be and, and find your true purpose. Um, that is just a really, I think, helpful outlook and, and reminder um, that I think has kind of stuck with me throughout the years and, and probably will continue because I think it's, it rings kind of true, you know, for a lot of us. Don't worry. No one has said that. <laughs> They're probably like, that's too obvious. Too obvious of an answer. Mine would be, is this enough? Just as a reminder, in the moment. Total opposite. Total opposite. But at the same, in a similar vein to Mm -hmm. a degree, which is, you know, I'm being this type A uh, left brain person where I'm always thinking about what's next. I'm planning five steps ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, That often leaves very little room for enjoying the present moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, layer on top of that, our mom being this immigrant and some of that immigrant mentality, um, you know, transferring to Maya and I, Mm -hmm. there's this, to some level, there's there's a bit of scarcity, right? Right. The scarcity mentality, making sure that, oh, am, am I going to get what I need? Um, and we live in a world of abundance. So the is this enough prompt uh, is a way for me to, to slow down and you know, when I'm sitting at a meal with my parents, like, is this moment surrounded by my parents? Like, can I enjoy this on its own? Or do I need to be thinking about, you know, when we're going to Miami and how much fun I'll have then. Can I just enjoy this present moment? Yeah. That is a good reminder. reminder. Be present. So trite, but good reminder. That is. Um, okay. I think, I think that that covers it. Um, oh, that's right. Lobster club. Everyone wants to know. Where did it come from? Yeah. Of the name? Well, it's funny because it was really, it was like kind of a, a, a situation of just kind of brainstorming. I was out to dinner in LA with some friends and the the concept of Lobster Club was something that, you know, I thought about kind of as soon as I was in LA, but or I, actually maybe even before that, but then the p- pandemic kind of made it a little bit more. Um, I was just like, it's not going to happen anytime soon. And so, you know, when when we were kind of coming out of it, I was like, you know, this would be this would be kind of like a good time to to kind of reenact this and start thinking about it. So, I was at dinner and I was just kind of talking through some ideas mm-hmm. with friends, and we ended up getting a lobster, you know, for the for the table. And I was just like. It was just one of the the things that came up because of ordering it at dinner. And I was like, oh, Lobster Club has kind of like a ring to it. And then beyond that, I think this idea of, you know, lobster being something that used to be served, you know, to like as prison food and was like used to be so 
you know, cheap and affordable. And then now it's, you know, I think it kind of like speaks a little bit to the grit of artists and, and that path and, and going against the grain a little bit in something that, you know, doesn't always, doesn't always work out. And there's a lot of, you know, mountains to climb, but I think it, yeah, I think it really speaks to the grit of, of our team and, and, and the artists and kind of bringing everyone together to build something new and different. It all started at the dinner table. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, everybody hangs out in the kitchen. It's like the favorite place to be. There's something about, you know, something about food that, that brings us all together. And I think that's, you know, that's why that's also a very integral part of our shows is, you know, finding ways to bring, bring people together through our music, food, as many things as we can bring under one mm-hmm. roof, as long as it fits within Tadra's budget. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he he just gave the go. He's like, let's do it. Yeah. Green light. Green light. Mm-hmm. Well, plug your socials, guys. Where can people find you? Drop it all. You can find mm-hmm. Lobster Club, uh, Lobster three underscores club on Instagram, lobsterclub.com. My art is uh, Maika, M-A-I-J-K-A-H, Taj. Yeah. Glugalecki with three eyes. At Glugalecki with three eyes. I guess I'll spell it out. D-L-U-G-O-L-E-C-K-I-I-I. <laughs> well, there you have it. Thank you, Maya and Tajo Lobster Club for coming on Wear Made Hats. It was great to have you guys. Thanks so much, Rashad. This was awesome. Yeah, this is rad. Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Jassar, and I'm Rashad. Peace. Bye.